Jesus is the sweetest name. Yes, Lord. Let's just sing it to him once more. Tell him how much you love him. Oh, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Oh, and he's just the same as his love. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, how sweet you are. Lord, as the song we just sung says, that's the reason, Lord. Father, what love, what manner of love do you have for us, Lord? Lord, it's hardly a man found that would lay down his life for his friends. But Lord, for us, while we were yet sinners, Lord, you gladly laid down your life for us, Lord. How sweet, how precious, Lord. Words could not contain, Lord. Father, we love you, Lord Jesus. We love to worship you, Lord. We love to sing your praises, oh God. We love your appearing, oh Jesus. Lord, we're longing, we're just looking for the coming of Jesus. Lord, that you would come, that you're coming to those who love your appearing. Father, we want you more than anything in the world. Lord, you mean more to us than the next breath we would draw, Lord. Father, without you, it's not worth drawing the next breath. Father, we need you more. We need you in this generation. We need you in this age, Lord. We need a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit, O oh God. And we need a greater surrenderance of ourselves, Lord. Help us, Father, to be more sincere. Help us, Lord, to be more fervent in our walk with you. For, Lord, what is there that you have not already done for us? Lord, and we just love you. We thank you, Father. Pray, Lord, you just have the preeminence. Come, speak sweetly into our ears once again. Lord, don't let it just fall on deaf ears, but, Lord, may it drop into our souls. Lord, change us, renew us, oh God. Encourage us, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles together. Turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 10. I want to welcome you all to the service. Certainly enjoyed the song service here. and God is so good to us. I want to just bring you an update from Brother Ron, that Brother Ron Spencer, he's now at home. He says, I have read Psalms 91 every day. It's a covenant to us as believers. It has helped me when I can't hold myself. I am at home, and I want to thank each of every one of you for your prayers. Because I have a million miles to complete recovery, but God will guide every step. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Revelations chapter 9. Chapter 10, sorry. Verse 9. 
very familiar portion of Scripture to everyone. It says, And I went to the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, and it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. I want you to read this next verse with me. And I took the little book out of the angel's hands and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Amen. May the Lord is blessing to the word. You may have your seats. I wanted to read that together as your confession. Now you've spoken it out of your lips. I have taken the little book. I took the little book. This isn't just something we put back on John and say, yeah, John took the book. John ate the book. John ate it. It was sweet in his mouth. It was bitter in his mouth. No, I took the book. That's what I've been doing. I took this book. I've been eating it. I've been chewing it. I've been swallowing it. And immediately, not after some time, immediately after I swallowed it, it was a hard thing. It was bitter. Oh, it's sweet in my mouth. The revelation of the Word of God, it's sweet in my mouth. It tastes good. It's wonderful to hear. But immediately as I swallowed it, there became something that was hard to live out. It was hard to do, but I couldn't help it because that became my sustaining strength. Because what you eat is what becomes the, the, the energy that you have in your body. It what gives it what gives you energy is what gives you life. Amen. Is what you eat. You don't just uh, you don't digest something to give you nothing. You digest it for the energy that it gives you. You digest it for the life so that you can live another day. Amen. And as you eat the word of God, it might be sweet in your mouth, bitter in your belly, but it's there for life. It's there to give you something that can sustain you. And it is a substance. Amen. We heard it last Wednesday. Wednesday's just a day. We're here to hear the word. Amen. I didn't feel inspired in the back office, but I do right now. Amen. Are you with me? Are you with me? Amen. So that's what it is. The word of God. The little book, I took it, you took it. You need to make it personal. It needs to be something that you're not putting off to somebody else. It's like somebody else will. I need to have the word. I need to have an experience. I need to know what it says. I need to live by it. I need to be influenced by nothing else. The real Holy Ghost born uh, body or bride of Jesus Christ will live by nothing else. We'll take nothing else. There will be no more su uh, substitutions or, or, or supplements of the world. It has to be that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Amen. We're believing, we're looking, and we believe that we have come to the age, to the hour of rapturing faith. That we're looking for a body change. We're looking to step from mortal into immortality. And I don't know what you're looking for. That's what I'm looking for. You said amen. So that's what you're looking for. Amen. That we're looking just to step. Well, what do we need to do that? We need an energy or a substance that will sustain us in another body. Amen. I want you to turn with me to Joel chapter 3, if you will. Joel chapter 3. There it is. Right before Amos. Joel chapter 3. I, I just was pondering on these scriptures and really I'm speaking tonight a part 5 of Wisdom by Revelation. But we'll take a subtitle and say, The Time of Decision. The Time of Decision. And in Joel chapter 3 and verse 13, you could really take this entire chapter. It's quite inspirational. But it says in verse 13, it says, Put you in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. The next verse, verse 14, 
It says multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And I want to take this for a few moments, and I want you to notice it repeats this word twice. Multitudes, multitudes. It's not to say that there's a great multitude, but there's a mixed multitude. There, there's a mixture. There's, there's, there's something of two multitudes that have come together. There's multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. The valley of decision. Decision can also be a word. I believe this is the only time this word is actually used in the scripture. But it's also a valley of threshing or a valley of concision. In other words, concision literally means a cutting off or a total separation from the chaff. It's a total separation of the seed from the chaff. It's a complete, when they, when they do the, the, the threshing of wheat, they're not looking for a partial separation. They need to have complete separation. They need to have just the seed alone, and the chaff is gone. And when they do this sort of thing, that they bring it to the, to the threshing floor, it would be applied by some pressure. And they would put pressure to it and a heavy pressure in order to, to crush or to, to make it so that way it would, it would be forced to separate by, by, by means of pressure. Some ways of doing it they would have, forgive me for taking a little bit of time on this, but we'll just, we'll just do this. But then uh, sometimes they would have like a heavy weight pulled over the, over the wheat and other times they would just have uh, like a donkey walk on it or, or something walk on it and, and, and agitate it and push push on it, put pressure on the wheat in order to push it out of the chaff, push it out of the shuck, bring it out into the light to give it a complete separation. And then what they would do is they would take it with a, like a fork, I believe a winnowing if I'm not mistaken, but like a fork and they would throw it up in the air and the wind would come and it would blow the chaff away and the heavy sea would then fall to the ground. And so it was a sep it's a separating time, it's a harvest time. As we said the, 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 in verse 13 where it said that the, the harvest is ripe. There's a harvest to be had. There's a harvest I hear as Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest. That he would send laborers into the field. For the harvest is great. There's a harvest time and there's a separation going on. We say, well, it's just a separation of the wheat from the tares. That's true, but it's also a separation of, of the chaff. Of all of the things that would, would house the seed so that the seed would have to lay bare in itself. In other words, it's a time, it's a proving of the seed time. It's there to prove the seed to make sure that there is seed there. If you do uh, threshing before there's seed there, you'll just have nothing left over. There has to be some seed in the wheat. There has to be some seed in the shuck in order for there to be something left at the end or the wind will just carry it all away. Yeah. Amen. But the Lord of the harvest knows what he's doing. He's waited to an appointed time where there's a maturity of the seed. Praise be to God. There was a time where Brother Branham would preach and talk about the seed was coming forward into the shuck. But he said if you'd look at it under the microscope, it was just like a pinhead or like a needle point. Then that was all there was. But it's come now to a time of maturity. It's manifesting time. It's bearing fruits times. We're in the end time. So we come down to a valley of decision. Or a valley of threshing. A time where there's a decision to be made. Where there's the, 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 all, all of the fruits are all, by the scripture says, by their fruits you shall know them. In other words, all of the fruits shall lay bare. Is there seed there or is there not? Is it wheat or is it tear? Is it chaff? Is it shuck? Is it wheat? What is it? This is a time. In a valley of decision. In Numbers in the 13th chapter You'll find the, the, the account of where they came to Kadesh Barnea and they sent, uh, Moses sent 12 spies up into Israel, up into Canaan's land to, to, to spy out the land and to see what was there. We find that they went out and we won't, well, I won't have you turn to it, I'll just, I'll just kind of refer to it here a little bit. We find that they went out and we know they came back and 10 of them when they came back said, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. They looked and they seen the fruit. They seen the grapes. They seen all these things and they rejoiced at it. 
They rejoiced at the healings. They rejoiced at the miracles. They rejoiced at the salvation. They rejoiced at all the things that were promised in the land. Can you go with me there? Amen. They were rejoicing at the fruits of the gospel, what the gospel in their day was to produce. They were rejoicing at that. But when it came time to will you eat the book and swallow it down in your belly, when it came time to are you able to possess the land, they said, we're like grasshoppers. We're not able to do it. Praise God. But there was two of them that said, we're more than able. I'm willing to not just chew on this and rejoice in the revelation. I want to walk in it. I want to live it. I want to be in that land. I don't care how many giants I have to face. I don't care how many sicknesses I have to overcome and I have to pray for my brother, I will be in that land. Hallelujah. You've got to make a decision. You're at Kadesh, you see. You can't stand much longer. Why are you halting between two opinions? Brother Brown talks about in the message, Kadesh Barnea. He says, why isn't the church on fire? Why isn't the, 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 why, why isn't the place packed out with people? Now, the first one I could say that's most likely true or is true, but the second one I'm looking right here. Why isn't the place packed out with people? Oh, that gets quiet. All right, that's fine. Why isn't the signs and wonders done? It is done. But he says this, don't lay it on your pastor. Say, I want to see more. It's the pastor's fault. Don't lay it on the pastor. He says, it's you. We've got mixed multitude. One pulling one way and one the other. What did it say in Joel chapter 3? Multitudes, multitudes. There's a lot of seed, but there's a lot of chaff. There's multitudes and multitudes. All of them down are in the valley of decision. Now's the time to find out, to prove to the devil who's the real bride. He says, we've got a mixed multitude. One pulling one way, one the other. You've got to come to a time of decision. Time of decision. If it's your pastor, fire him. That's what he said, not me. Get him out. Put somebody else in. They'll take the place. What are you going to do, brother? God has put the responsibility on you. That's it. And we've each one got to give an account for our own sins. Which what is sins? It's unbelief. Amen. We're not going to give a cow. Say, brother, I never drank. I never smoked. I never committed adultery. Praise the Lord. What about unbelief? That's what sin is. Those are all just attributes of sin. Which so is lust. So is covetousness. So is envying. So is strife. So is backbiting. It's attributes of unbelief. Don't worry. It won't all be negative. But one day we've got, to, we've got to give an account for our sins and it's up to us to choose in this valley of decision. Will we do it here? Are we going to give an account here? Are we going to be willing to say, Lord, I was wrong? Lord, forgive my humanity. I know I've been born of the Holy Ghost. I've been walking this way a long time. But sometimes even my humanity gets in the way. Lord, help me. I need to do better. I need to be better. I need more grace. Hallelujah. Church, we've come a long way. But I'm asking you, are we really sold out 100%? Not 95%, not 99%, 100%. How much are we sold out? Not to end time message, to this message. To this message. To a revealed word in our day. How much are we sold out to that? Is that our sustaining power that we've taken it and we've eaten it and it's what's giving us life? Or are we busy supplementing it with other things? Hallelujah. Thank you for your amens, but I'm not just talking about an amen. I'm speaking about overcoming power. As Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That deals with the body, but then he goes into the mind, into the spirit. He says, and be not... Conform to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Oh, hallelujah. 
Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't let it just be, well, I, I, I wore all the skirts. I had all the long hair. I, I, didn't, I didn't have bangs flowing down my forehead. I had a nice manly haircut, and I didn't wear any shorts. That's the presenting of your bodies. I never cursed. I never swore. I never drank. I never smoked. Wonderful. But now let it sink a little deeper. Let it be the transforming of your mind, your thought process. Brother Branham said that the angel told them to remind the people your thoughts speak louder in heaven than your words do. So let me tell you, let us be transformed in our mind. Let our thoughts be Lord. Let it be on your word every day. That's why, why, why David could write, I meditate upon your words. I meditate on the Lord day and night. I write it upon the bedpost. Oh, my. Lord, help me. Oh, how much does the world really influence our lives? How much are we really influenced by it? I realize we live in it, but how much do we allow it to influence us in our thought processes? I know we stick out in our mortal bodies because we dress different, we talk different, we act different, but how much in our thoughts does it affect us? When we're claiming rapturing faith in this day, that's what I'm claiming. Are you not claiming that? I am. I'm not claiming just toothache faith. I'm claiming faith for rapture. Say, Lord, that's, that's what I'm called to. That's what I'm ordained to. That's my purpose of being here is to go one day in a rapture to prove that every word of God is true. The heavens and earth will pass away, but his word will never fail. Hallelujah. That's what I'm here for. But rapturing faith, let me say this, is not, or is, is, is not just a desire to get out of a place you don't belong. Rapturing faith is a substance. It's a love affair with Christ who is his word. Think about it. Rapturing faith, it's a love affair. It's not just, oh, God, I can't stand this place. Get me out of here. But it's, Lord, I want to be with you. Lord, I love you. I love your word. Oh, my the Bible says in the message of Tolkien, he said, and he will appear the second time. And all those that love his appearing, who love and longing for it, it's a love affair. And we ought to love one another because we're fellow citizens in the same body. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. There isn't none of you walking around here saying, Brother Brendan, I don't like my right hand. Just chop it off. I like my right hand. I don't want it to be gone. I like every finger on it. I go as far to say I love it. It does me a lot of good. I'm right-handed. It does me a lot of good. But you are members of the same body of Christ. Lord, help our thoughts. I realize none of us are going around saying, listen, I don't like that man. Because we've come high enough up to that. But help our thoughts. Where we think a thought is, oh, I wish he hadn't been here. You're of the same body. The Bible said in Acts 2, Brother Brown says this in the, in the message, Perfect Faith. He says that Jesus of Nazareth, of Nazareth, a man approved of God, anointed with the Holy Ghost, went about and done great works and things. And that God manifested, proved that he was this man. He says, and now we become anointed with that same spirit. If the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, right? It will quicken your mortal bodies. It will bring it in line with the word. He says that the same, we become anointed with the same spirit, anointed messiahs, messiahs of the last day, to shine forth the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What was Jesus going around preaching? Salvation. Everybody around him, including many of his disciples, was going around saying, when are you going to kill? They wanted him to rise up and overthrow the Romans. And to kill the Romans and kick them out and do all of these things and bring them under his subjection if he really was the Messiah. But the Messiah in that day, anointed with that spirit, went around preaching love and salvation. Yeah. Praise be to God. And if we're anointed with the same spirit Messiahs in this day, what are we going around preaching doom and gloom or salvation? Yeah. 
Hallelujah. To shine forth the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To show that he is not dead. But in the form of the Holy Ghost, he's in his people moving among his bride with a love affair to her. Pouring pouring out into her. Oh, hallelujah. Himself. Not another. Not an angel. Not some other spirit. Himself. It's a love affair. Oh, I love it when brothers come up and they tell a testimony. They begin to talk about the, the Hebrew children. They begin to talk about God was up there in the bowl, up looking over the banister of time. And there was three of them going and all. He called all the angels. But it was God himself that said, I'm going down. I'm going down to deliver them. You're not, it's not that you're not good enough, Gabriel. I'm sure you could do good. I'm sure one room you could do good. Michael, you could do good. But I'm going down. Amen. Why? It's a love affair. He wasn't happy when it came to this bride to say, I'll just send an angel. I'll just send a seventh angel messenger down. He says, I'm only sending him down to introduce myself because I'm coming down. Hallelujah. Oh, they're becoming one for a wedding supper. And the same signs promised by the same God in the same word to make his same manifestations. Praise be to God. It's not different. It's the same God. Oh, my, we preach that and we hear it in the message. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But how much do we really take that at face value? It's nothing but the truth. There's nothing less for us to do but believe it. And believe it is the substance. That creates a perfect faith. Just think how numb we are. My, how numb we are to the Word. How numb we are to these things. Oh, God, help us. Just say, Lord, I believe it. Don't let me become numb. As Brother Kelly was speaking on the weekend. Let me be soft. Let the Word of God have an effect in my life. Don't let me be raised. I was raising the message saying, oh, I've heard that since I was born. That's not good enough. So, Lord, let me be soft. Soften me with your oil. Pour in more oil. Oh, hallelujah. We're at a threshing floor. We're at a time of decision. What really are you? Oh, praise be to God. God. In the message of time of decision, he says, God wants immediate action. If you love him, throw everything else aside. Take him. If you believe his word, cast everything else away. Take his word. It's a decision time. You have to make up your mind. You have to make up your thoughts. God's looking for someone with immediate action that will take God at his word. And I'll sit there and have to mull it over, but just say, Lord, I believe it. Like the man, Brother Tito, texted this afternoon, like the man that said, listen, Lord, I believe. Help bow my unbelief. It wasn't, there was no waiting time. There was no baby, there's a tomorrow. He had a sick son. He needed Jesus now. There was no, no, no time to put it off. He needed action now. He said, Lord, I believe. Lord, I'm taking you at your word. Help my unbelief. If there's anything in me, Lord, that is contrary to your word, just take it out. Yeah. Oh, God, help my humanity. The message of desperation, Brother Adam says that Rebecca, the beautiful maid, came and watered the camel. When she said, don't delay me, when he said, the the servant Eliezer said, don't delay me in my way. It required immediate action. She had to come to a time of decision whether she would go. She was a type of the bride. She would go to marry him who she had never seen. That's a type of the bride. You've never seen Christ, but you hear by his servants what he is. Hallelujah. You sell out everything, leave your homes, everything else it takes. You go find him. But now notice, and she made the decision, a type of the bride. She left her denominational home, see, to go. It was for a purpose. It wasn't just to say, amen, I believe it, but I'll stay right here. He can come to me. 
No, it was an action. It was a going. It was an immediate action by, by the call that she said, I'll go. I'll do something about it. I'll leave everything that I know. This will be the words of Eliezer from that point on. And the, what Eliezer gave her was all of her sustenance. That's all that she had. She didn't bring everything with her, a whole bunch of servants. It was her. I'll go. I'll put myself completely in the hands of this message. I'll completely sell out to this message that whatever it says, that's what I'll do. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Oh, my. A denominational home, a denominational organizational spirit. I really like. You know, we need to be careful we don't get that with on us. As long as I'm in the message, I'm okay. As long as I'm going to message church, I'm okay. As long as I say amen to every word of God, that's the evidence of the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah, lip service, no. I'm afraid we got too much. I said amen. When you were in church and Brother Andrews preached, I just said amen, amen, amen. Walked out and did whatever I wanted. You need to be in Christ. You must have rapturing faith for a body change. It's not good enough to just chew it up, say amen to the preaching. You got to mean it. You got to swallow it. Amen means so be it. It means so be it. In other words, I'll take the book. I'll eat the book. That's why I had you read it with me. I'll do it. I'm taking it. I'm eating it. It's for me. This is my word. This is my sustenance. This is what I want. I'm taking amen. So be it in my life. Hallelujah. It's bitter in the belly. It's hard, but this is the time of decision. Will you live it and be the amen to every word of God? Not to say the amen. Be the amen. Be the amen to every word of God. The entire world is in a one direction. Mass march to hell. That's where they're going. They think it's all wonderful. Why? Because everybody's going. It's got to be the right way. Right? Unfortunately, they're wrong. Because there's a little sincere bride. Heading the other direction. Go completely opposite way. Equal and opposite reaction. <laughs> They've taken action. They've decided they're going to act. They're going to persecute those who persecute the LGBT community. They're going to persecute this one. They're going to do this. They're going to stand for that. But there's an equal and opposite reaction. Because there's a bride of Christ that says, I'm going higher. I'm going higher. You do whatever you want, taking a step lower. I'm going higher. Won't you come on with me? It's a serious moment. It's a time of decision. It's a time when you have to be, have to do something for God. Brother Brown says, of course I'm speaking to sinners, but I'm speaking primarily tonight to the church. To the church. This is in the message of Shaddai. He says, you've got to come to a time of decision. Oftentimes you want to put that off. Say, oh yeah, that's to the sinner. Maybe there's someone here that's got to give their heart to God. But the Brown says, primarily I'm speaking to the church. I speak to the ones that have already given their hearts to God. He says, this has been year after year. This thing has moved through the nation. The end is at hand. The signs have been done. Oh, church, we can stop preaching on that a long time. It has been year after year after year. How many miracles have we seen? How many healings? Brother Ed had them raised around. How many been healed from cancer? Oh, several heads went up. How many been healed from broken bones? Dozens of hands went up. How many been healed from sicknesses? How many been healed from disease? More hands would have gone up. How many been healed? You want to talk about just Ron Spencer alone? How many miracles you really got to see? Dumb devil. How many times you really got to try? He's tried and tried and tried, but what's it doing? It's proving the bride. It's proving the seed to show that this really is seed. You can throw it in the air as many times as you want. The wind could come. It still comes down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, that feels good. devil always wants to. He throws it up in the air. Oh, this is still chaff. This is chaff. It'll go this time. The wind comes. The wind howls. It still comes right back down because it's seed. It's heavier. 
Oh, hallelujah. Oh, it's proving the seed time. And it's been year after year after year after year, but it's serious now. I'm speaking to you. It's been year after year. It's your decision now to say, that's me. To look in the Word of God and come to a point now where you can say, Mama, that's me. Oh, hallelujah. He says, there's so much wishy-washy carrying on in the name of Christianity. So much denomination, so much theology, so much education. I'm not trying to support people don't walk anyhow. As crippled as the church is, here it is. As crippled as the church is, education is not your crutch. Faith is your crutch. Amen. Let faith be your crutch because that's the crutch that will make you walk again. Amen. Education will never do it. Denomination will never do it. There'll never be an organization ever substitute the upper room experience. There'll never be a school. There'll never be a Bible study. There'll never be a church service that can substitute you and Christ alone. There'll never be a school will ever take the place of Pentecost. It can't be. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit saith the Lord. That's what we need to do. Go and get back to the Bible. Experience Christians that are born again are washed in the blood of the Lamb, made white, regenerated, twice born. What the world needs today, a revival, an old-time revival, the kind that St. Paul has had about A.D. 66. Who's having a revival? The brightest. See, the world needs a revival. Yeah, the world had their chance after chance after chance, and they're still on a mass march. Heading in the wrong direction. But there is a revival. It's in the bride. Praise be to God. There's a revival that's happening that's going on year after year after year after year. Waiting for all the seed to come to this valley of decision to recognize who they really are. Hallelujah. Total separation. Pentecost had a revival. A mixed multitude went up and that's exactly what lays it on the shelf. A mixed multitude. If it had been a real genuine article, they would have stayed in the church. They would have prayed these other ones out. It's an interesting statement. They would have prayed these others out and went on. There would still be revival in the Methodist, the Baptist, the Presbyterian, the Pentecostal church. But it's a mixed multitude. Count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations. Count it all joy. Why? Because what's happening? It's a separation. Seeds being thrown up. It's going to be a hard land. It's going to hurt. It's a trial. It's a temptation. There's something going on, but what's happened? The chaff is being blown away. How's it happening? Because you're praying. See, why am I falling temptations? Because you're praying for rapture. You say, be careful what you pray for, right? You pray for patience, what's going to happen? Right? You pray for character, what's going to happen? That's gold tried in the fire. You pray for a rapture, what's going to happen? You're going to get prepared. For a rapture. He never promised. He never promised the cross would be easy, it'd be light. He never said the road would be easy to climb. He never said that the, oh, the battles would be easy to win. But what did he say? Help would always be there. Right on time. Oh, hallelujah. There's not a song I like, and when he's four days late, he's still on time. Oh, my, right when it seems like your whole world is upside down, he's still on time. Why? Because you've prayed for a rapture. 
because you done come Sunday morning, and there was a brother that got up here and preached about the mechanics and the dynamics and overcoming power, and you being the bride that has overcome power, right? And you're now seated in heavenly places, and you have this ability to use the full authority in the word of God, right? And you sat here and you said, amen. And God said, good, I'm going to try you now. Oh, he said, oh, it's sweet in my mouth, Brother Andrew. Amen. I got the mechanics. I got the dynamics. Oh, yeah, full authority. Praise be to God. This is good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now swallow. Amen. Time to get down in the threshing floor. There's a mixed multitude, but this is a place to separate. Praying out the chaff, it's not an exclusion, it's a separation. Exclusion implies that it's me excluding you. A separation implies that someone else is pulling it apart. Not me and you. Pulling the chaff and the seed apart. Amen. And the false spirit... Brother Brown talks about, and the scripture talks about the two spirits in the church, right? They'd be so close it deceived the very elect, if it was possible. Say, well, maybe it's up to me to expose that spirit. No, the false spirit will expose itself when the error is exposed. That, that, that false spirit, that devil spirit, it will reveal itself when the error becomes exposed. Why? Because when Satan is exposed, he's powerless. So if you're claiming full authority... Power in the Holy Ghost, and there's one over here that's falsely claiming it, he'll soon be made known. See? It's not for us to point it out and say, well, this one's not God, that one's not God. I'm sure he's not God. No, he'll, exp- he'll be exposed. Don't worry. Yeah. All it takes is for that chaff to get thrown up in the air. And, phew, it's blown away. Yeah. The seed falls. Yeah. Let's go to 1 Peter. Close here in First Peter. First Peter chapter one and verse fourteen. Actually, I start in verse thirteen. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, your thought process. Be ready. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to, the, to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is the revelation of Jesus Christ to you personally? It's a new birth. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's exactly what Peter's talking about. He says, as obedient children. This is from the heart. Not... Fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. See, now he's talking, listen, you've got the book. You've taken the book. You've eaten the book. You have a personal revelation of Jesus Christ. That's given you hope, a hope of glory. That's given you a seal upon your heart. So don't turn now back to the former lusts. Let this be your sustenance. Don't go back to look for something else to satisfy your inner desires. Because that old man needs to be dead. And buried. But now it says, but he, as, he, as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. What is conversation? Words is thoughts expressed. So in other words, be ye holy in your thoughts so that way it could, be, it could come out and express itself in your, in your words, in your conversation. Now, it says, but because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. For if you call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. What, what, what fear? Not, not the fear of, of one day you're going to be judged and everything will be terrible. No, the fear of God. In obedience to the word of God. That's exactly what that means. 
He says, for as much as ye know that we were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Praise the Lord. We weren't bought with money of this world. But from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Amen. But with the precious blood of Christ. As of the lamb without blemish and without spot. Praise be to God. A perfect sacrifice. That he, his blood, the very blood of God, was what purchased us and redeemed us, not by something of man, not by the traditions of man, not by the traditions of our father, not because we were born in the message, not because we were raised in the message, not because our grandparents were this or our grandfather was that, but because of the blood of the Lamb. For For verily, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, was manifest or revealed in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren." See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now what's exactly he's getting at here? He's saying, listen, it's sunk down. It's come into your flesh. It's sunk into your spirit. It's changed your thoughts. It's come down. It's purified your soul for a purpose to push back out love. So that there will be a love for the brethren because you're part of the same body. He says, being born again, not in the corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of grass, which the grass withereth and the flower that falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by the gospel which is preached unto you. Hallelujah. You have to have representation by predestination. You've got to be able to point back to the original and prove I am by a lived revelation. Improving his word, Brother Branham says now, I'm still closing. If, if, it, if it hadn't have been in there to begin with, if, you, if she hadn't, he's talking about the woman at the well when Christ came to her and he began to speak to her and catch her spirit and things and, and she began to talk about the mountain and things. But then he says, listen, if, if it hadn't have been there to begin with, if she hadn't have had representation by predestination, it had never took hold. He could have preached to her exactly like he preached time and time and time and time and time and time again to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and she would have caught nothing. But she had representation. There was something in her that began to stand out. There stood the priest that said, this man is Beelzebub. See, no representation. Eternal life, you always was. See, you have, if you have eternal life, there's only one form of it. That's God, Zoe, God's own life. See, you were his attribute. He thought of you and knowed you before the foundation of the world in his mind. See, she looked around. This woman at the well, what a sinful shape she was in. But see, he couldn't get the priest because the priest was an educated scholar, a theologian in the world, but no representation in heaven. See, wasn't in God's thinking at all. But this woman was. Oh, praise be to God. It has to be the seed that has to be able to point back and say, see, the same seed that's on the threshing floor is the same seed that was planted in the garden in the first place. Hallelujah. There has to be representation to point back. The jaff could say it's seed all it wants, but as soon as it's throwing up, it's blowing away in the wind. There has to be a representation to say, that's the seed that I was looking for. Hallelujah. When she caught that revelation, there was nothing else that mattered. There was nothing else. All of her pride was out the window. Oh, my, all of her good looks was out the window. She didn't care. She dropped her water pots. She ran. She said, come see a man 
Come see a man. She was 100% sold out from that moment on. And it took immediate action in her life. There was something that immediately took place. Oh, praise be to God. That's what we need today, a real Pentecostal experience that will take us into immediate action. Praise be to God. We won't be looking forward, looking back, saying, what about this one? What about my mommy? What about my daddy? What about my brother? What about my best friend? Who cares? Come see a word that has told me everything. It's told me who I was. It's told me where I'm going. It's told me exactly where I'm at right now. It'll lead me safely home. Come see a word. Hallelujah, because I'm that seed. Oh, I've got representation. Hallelujah, let's stand to our feet and say it together. I've got representation. I've got representation. Hallelujah, by predestination. Hallelujah. There's a seed in me that points back to say it always was. See, look, it's exactly the same. It's a love affair. It's something in me that I just want more of him. And he's pouring himself more and more into me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come see the life. Oh, my. Don't be caught, saints of God, pointing to someone else. Saying, oh, Ron Spencer, he's got the life. Donnie Ray, he's got the life. Harold Hildebrand, he's got the life. I want you to say tonight, come see the life. Come see the life. I'm not pointing back to William Brown. Praise God for him. But come see the life. 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 Oh, praise be to God. It's changed me. It's told me everything. It's regenerated me. It's transformed my mind. It's filled me with his spirit. It showed me who I really am. I'm a seed of God. Oh, hallelujah, church. I've been changed. I've been reborn. All my life has been rearranged. I've been changed Oh, I've been reborn